Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at ixl.com/fine. Visit ixl.com/fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's ixl.com/fine. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So maybe use headphones if you're listening at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Jolenta. Hey, Kristen. It has been one week since we lived by the art of dying well, and you know what that means. Why, it's time for another By the Book mini-episode. That's right. It's time for another By the Book epilogue. And this week, we're looking at the aftermath of living by the art of dying well, a practical guide to a good end of life by Katie Butler. But before we get to this week's responses, let's get to some housekeeping. Yeah. So not only is Kristen's book, So You Want to Start a Podcast, available for pre-sale, buy it, buy it, buy it. I've told you this a thousand times. Pre-sale helps with the bestseller rankings, and we're going to make her number one if it's the last thing I do. <laughs> also, on top of writing a book and doing this show, Kristen's just, oh, you know, hosting a whole nother podcast. That's right. It's just six parts, people. It's not It's not. If she ongoing. wasn't doing enough, she <laughs> is hosting a six-part series designed to accompany CNN's new documentary series, The Movies. And this podcast is called Lisa, Sandra, and Kristen Go to the Movies. What do you talk about in that? We talk with celebs. We talk about how we would recast certain classic movies today, including how I would recast Dirty Dancing with actors from today. Uh, and The Rock. We each pick our five 
Desert Island movies. These are the five mm, movies you nice. can watch over and over and over again. No other movies. And we also talk with celebrities about their picks for all of those, too. I will definitely be listening. Yes. And then also, we got to remind people we have a live show coming up on September 6th. That is By the Book Live. It's going to have all sorts of fun stuff. It's going to have Jolenta and I. We're going to transform ourselves in some way. Mm-hmm. There might even be a guest. You'll definitely get a copy of Kristen's book. So two birds, one stone with that one. Yeah. Be there. Yes. Grab your tickets at thebellhouseny.com. And now it's time to dive into the topic of dying well. We got a ton of thoughtful letters and voicemails, but we're not going to get to those quite yet. No. First, we're going to sit down with a very special guest named Alua Arthur. And Alua, we're so happy to have you with us. Rather than us introduce what you do, can you tell us more about who you are and what your job is? Sure. My name is Alua Arthur. I'm a death doula, which is non-medical care and support of the dying person and the family nearing and through the time of death. I'm also an attorney and an ordained minister, and I founded Going With Grace, which is an end-of-life planning and support organization. Wow. You pretty much cover all the bases for— you do everything. I'm doing my best, you know, (laughs) because, like, with death, we look at all parts of life, every Mm -hmm. single Uh, facet of it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And can you explain to listeners who don't know the term death doula what exactly your work involves? Because, I mean, frankly, a lot of— the world focuses on bringing babies into the world, but we don't talk a lot about death. So can you tell us more about your job and um, and how you got into it? So it's the same in the birth context as it is in the death context. It's just obviously at the end of the life rather than at the beginning. Right. But the end requires just as much support and also just as much attention as the end, as the beginning does. We work in three primary areas. When people are healthy, we help them complete end-of-life plans, comprehensive end-of-life plans. When people are getting close to the end of their lives because they know that they have some disease that they're not going to recover from. I stay away from the term terminal because it's such a weird term. Like, mm. we're all terminal, mm. you know? Right. Yeah. We're all yeah, terminal. Like from yellow one. Yeah. Being born, we're yeah, terminal. Like- <laughs> um, so people, when people know what it is that they're going to be dying of, I help them get clear on what the death the most peaceful death that they could imagine would be and create that for them. Sometimes that means setting up the actual deathbed or just getting some things done so they can experience peace. And then after a death, I help family members wrap up the affairs of their loved one's life. Mm. Wow. It's really more support for, like, the whole community around the person, not just that one person, which I think I had never thought of until just the second. Well, when I think of it, right, like, the death, kind of like the birth, belongs to the people around. Right. So what I'm doing is I'm doing my best to hold them up. You know, the circles of support. There's a dying person in the center. There's probably immediate family or immediate caregivers around them. And then there's extended family and then there's friends and blah, blah, blah. So we're holding up the folks that are holding up the person closest to the dying person. Or at least that's the way I like to see it. Yeah. 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 And how did you get into this? I mean, I have to be honest with you. I think it was only about a year and a half ago I'd ever heard of death doulas. And Mm -hmm. it was through you watching a video with you. Cool. So, (laughs) I mean— I think a lot of our listeners are going to hear this term for the first time also. How did you learn about this? How did you get into this world? Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> I, I learned about it when I'd already done it and then realized that there was a term for it. I learned about it through the absence of it. 
when mm. I needed one and there wasn't anyone. Yeah. And I was like, why isn't there somebody who does things like this? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, I can find a way to do it. So I just started researching and tried to find everything I could. I met a woman on a bus in Cuba really serendipitously who had uterine cancer. She was 36. And we started talking about what it would be like if she died from her illness. And that bus ride really opened my eyes to the fact that we're all going to die, but we're not talking about it like it's some mm. big secret out there. Right. But why aren't we talking about it when it has the potential to really, to really encourage how we live, to give us some guidelines on how we live? And so I full force was like, this is it. I'm going to help people learn how to die. And then shortly after that, my brother-in-law got sick. Mm. And then six months later, he was dying. And I was like, well, here it is, ladies oh. and gentlemen. And it was a really, it was a painful experience, just like death is, but it was much more painful because we didn't have the proper support. Mm -hmm. You know, he ended up dying in the hospital. He didn't even make it to hospice because they were still trying to treat him nearing the end. And it was Mm -hmm. like, come on, y'all. Like, I knew he was dying. It was obvious that the end of his life was nigh, but we, we, we weren't properly supported through the process. And then after his death, my sister needed some help getting stuff done, and I was trying to put it all together, but I was like, how am I going to do this? Um, I wish there was somebody who did it. So, Yeah. Yeah. And that gets me thinking, now that you're in this line of work, is it depressing? Is it sad a lot of the time? Do you stay busy with, like, logistics and sort of, like, helping spread support and joy so it's happy? How do you How do you deal with it? personally too it is sad some of the time uh-huh. it's very enlivening most of the time oh that's so- incredible tell me more well for me personally every time i'm around death it reminds me that i'm still living mm-hmm. it's sad for the people yet i also find that we feel most alive when we're feeling things Right. Mm-hmm. When we're in the emotional experience right. because and we're in like the sensory experience because that's kind of what being alive is about, right? It's like, like super in the moment. That's like. it. You feel things, you can touch things, you smell things, you're like emoting somehow. Yeah. And so that that's how I feel more alive by it, is that I keep getting reminded that I'm still here and I get to do things while I'm still here. You sound like you have such a healthy relationship of acceptance when it comes to death, but um, we actually have a very large number of listeners who've written into us saying that just the mention of the word death fills them with so much dread that, you know, we mentioned right. the word death in an episode many months ago. And some people said they shut off the whole podcast yes. because we mentioned the word just living in will. in an episode yeah. about financial Finances. planning where it yeah. was like, have a living will or trust set up. And people are like, I can't deal. Yeah. yeah. It's a tough one. I mean, the way society is set up, we're not meant to really face it. Head on. I mean, we're not meant to age, like, period. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Right? You're in CVS and it's just straight anti aging products everywhere. And I'm like, hello, it's happening all the time. As long as possible. It's one of the privileges of being alive as we age. But but we're going to fight it. (laughs) We're going to fight everything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But do you have any words of comfort or wisdom for all those listeners out there who just say, it's too scary? I can't think about it. It's too scary. It's, It's too sad making it makes me. Or just, it's, it's, it's too just, overwhelming. Yes. Like, there, I don't even know where to start, so I just avoid it. Like, Well, for those people, generally, when it's really overwhelming, just even thinking about the fact that you won't be here anymore, sometimes it's, it's helpful to start with the practical bit, although mm-hmm. the people that mm-hmm. are thinking about 
living wills that makes them uncomfortable. Think about your possessions, the things mm-hmm. that you use most often. Do you want somebody to enjoy them after you're gone? Who would those people be? What story would you tell them about these things? Yeah. Um, it starts putting us into the frame of mind, one day I won't be here to do this. And that can still be very scary, mm-hmm. right? But also what we can do is start noticing dying around us, like nature is in constant flux. Leaves are falling off trees. Birds get old. Like we're, we're seeing it consistently around us. So if we can start noticing dying happening in the dying world, I think it makes it a little bit easier to recognize that we are part of the, the living world that's, and thus also that's part of the so dying world. interesting. I've been seeing a lot of dead baby birds lately because oh. it's, it's spring and they fall out of the nest. And I'm always like, oh, don't look. Like, pretend it's not happening. It's too sad. But now I'm like, oh, I, maybe I should be like, oh, little baby bird. You only had a minute. But, like, thanks for being a bird. Thanks for stopping by, birdie. Like, I can notice this and it's okay. Yeah. It's okay because it happens, you know. It yeah. happens for all of us at one point sooner or later. I also find that sometimes when we think or talk about celebrity deaths, mm-hmm. it it allows us to start thinking about ourselves. You know, even though it's tough to be like, well, I'm going to die one day. Well, shoot, Luke Perry died. Like, yeah. you know, he was my like, everything in yeah. the 90s. <laughs> I thought everything. he was going to be with me for forever. <laughs> me and Dylan McKay were going to be a thing. <laughs> right? No, it's just like my whole life. Just you are a fact. You yeah. are, And he's dead. You know, yeah. and the fact that— Still blows my mind. Absolutely, absolutely. But when, even when we can start thinking about things like that, that helps to put our own mortality in some view, mm-hmm. yeah, some way. What do you think we can do to make death easier for both the survivors and for the people who are dying? I don't think anything makes it easy. Mm. But I think what can make it maybe a little bit more gentle is by planning for it, yeah. preparing for it, talking about it. Um I have this one story where I walked in, a family called, and they said, hey, it looks like his cancer is no longer responding to medication, and we think the end of his life is coming. Uh, We'd like you to come in, but we don't want him to know that you're a death doula because we don't want to scare him. And I said, okay. We came up (laughs) with something else to call me. We called me like a special disease interventionist or something like that. And I enter. I talk to all of them. I talk to him. He asks for what I'm doing there. I explain. He said, cool. If you don't mind, I'd like a man alone with her to the rest of the family. So they all leave. I'm sitting with him. And he said, hey, so I think I'm dying, but please don't tell them. Oh, that's the cute. Isn't that? Because. I thought it's a big secret that everybody's keeping from each other. Yeah. But we all, everybody knows. Everybody knew. It's like, really, you guys are all on the same page. Like, everybody knew. Everybody knew. And that did open up an opportunity for people to start, for them to start having the discussion about it and actually start planning Mm -hmm. because there's there's so much grief anyway. It's, it's, It's sad. Yet, when we're all in the dark about it, I don't know how you feel. You don't know how I feel. I don't feel freedom to ask you about your experience. Thereby, I invalidate your experience. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not talking about what to do with your stuff. Where's your money? What do I do with your passwords? What about your dog? Like, let's let's talk about these right. things. Let's make it easier. Mm. Every time bit. you say passwords, I'm like, oh. It's a thing. That's such a thing Gotta that do I've that. not even thought about. <laughs> it's a big thing. Yeah. Man. One last question. We know that you can't see into the future or the past. (laughs) But but when people talk to you and say, what's going to happen to me after I die? Or what's going to happen to my Mm. loved one after my loved one passes away? What do you say to them? It's always really important for people to come into their own relationship with the afterlife if there is one at all. And so I most often ask what they think. Mm. 
What do you think happens? What about the people in your life that have already died? What happened after they died? Do you sense them in any way? Do you ever feel like you get messages from them? Do you think they went lights out and that's it? You know, it's important that I support them and their beliefs about the Mm. afterlife if they think there is one because, you know, that's not, it's not my role. I I don't know myself. I have my own questions and my own ideas. Um, But with all things related to death, it's a big, fat, beautiful mystery. And the longer we get to sit in the mystery and accept the mystery for being just that, the, the more juice it invites into our lives overall. Yeah. What a beautiful it's, note to yeah, end on. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. Thank you much. so much. My pleasure. Ugh, she is wonderful. I'm crying just, I love her. I love I just, you. I just want her to be my friend and hang out with me when I'm alive and when I'm dead. Yes. We're going to take a quick break, but when we're back, we're going to share some stories from you, our listeners. Stay with us. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. The most exciting part of a vacation stay at a home rental? Easy. It's being greeted upon arrival with a rusted lockbox affixed to the underside of a stranger's condo. Yeah, you simply twist knobs, click gears, jiggle it, and then rip it off its moorings, and voila! Your prize is a key to a questionable home rental and maybe tetanus. When you just want to get your vacation started by actually getting into your room, it matters where you stay. At Hilton, we deliver your key right to your phone on the Hilton Honors app. Hilton for the stay. We are back. And this time, we're going to hear from you guys, listeners. Many of you wrote in with stories of how you have made the most of your final moments with your loved ones. Natalie wrote, Please record your loved ones. When my grandma was toward the end of her life, but not yet in hospice, I took her out and I made videos of her. These have been wonderful keepsakes for me. Oh, that's so nice. Or even just, like, whip out a little voice memo while, like, they're telling a story you love or something. That's such a nice way to just have a little... A little digital piece of someone you love. Yeah. And I'd add to that, if you can save any handwriting from loved ones, Mm, I was advised to do that when my mom and my nana died. And it really is special because nobody else will ever have their handwriting. I love that. Elsie wrote, I'm not sure if this was covered in the book, but hearing is present until the very end. Of course, this also means that if you're with someone at the very end of their life, you should be talking to them and reassuring them, even if it may be tempting to talk to others around you about how sad or scared you are at the prospect of the person passing. When my grandmother died, my mom had the wherewithal to put on her favorite record to help ease her transition. Obviously, this is always a trying time, but whatever can be done to help everyone is wonderful. Yes, that was actually covered in the book, mm-hmm. which is one reason why, Jolanta, you that wanted to— I said to... someone should read to me. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And one reason why I mentioned Dolly Parton music yeah. playing. And yes. I think, yeah, it also—you forget the people around the person passing are going through a lot. And, like, you know, hearing something nice is good for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. 
Now, in addition to writing with tips for comforting those we love at their end of their lives, we also heard from many of you emphasizing the importance of planning logistically for the end. Right. Mia says, If you have aging parents, consider helping them go through items and finding gentle ways to protect things that are precious that you don't want lost or donated or destroyed. My grandma, whose physical and mental health had been in sharp decline for quite some time before she passed away, had at some point in the last year asked my grandpa to burn some papers. This included nearly every baby photo of her sons, some of her wedding photos, many of her son's school photos, and many candid snapshots from their childhood and upbringing. We didn't really understand the true extent until she passed and we were setting up memorial photo boards. Luckily, we found some boxes with photos from her childhood and her sister gave us all the shots she had copies of. Ooh. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, but to sort of like not go through and treat it like an estate sale and be like, when you die, give me this. Remember that. But just be like, oh, we should put these aside. Like these are really special in general. Like, or I want them now or yeah. whatever. Yeah, grandma, may I have this instead of you burning it? Yeah. Gently, of course. Yeah, I would say gently and, and like in a supportive way, not in a like gimme, gimme way. Yes, yes. Kate wrote in with this. My dad passed suddenly about five years ago, and no arrangements had been made. Mom and dad talked like they had handled it all, but the only, quote, funeral prep he had (laughs) done was write letters to each daughter with his final words of love and his wishes for what he wanted to happen at the funeral, pallbearers, etc. While the letters were meaningful, they weren't practical. Not trying to diminish the letter, I treasure it. At a time when we were overwhelmed because of the suddenness of his death, the pragmatics of a funeral still had to be planned. As hard as it is, please talk about the details. Have they bought a cemetery plot, prepaid a funeral? What kind of funeral do they want? Who is the executor? I wish we'd had those hard talks. It would have eased the emotional burden when dad passed. Wow, that's so true. Yeah, I feel like checking in, not to, again, not to discredit overstep boundaries, but like checking in on like what having it all taken care of means to people and like just asking about those specifics, which I know at least I have shied away from because I don't believe in death. (laughs) I'm joking. But yeah. Yes. I also have to say, Kate, I'm so glad that you got that beautiful letter from your dad. seriously. It really is a treasure to have. I think also that is a good extra note or like secret piece of advice in that letter from Kate. It was like, oh, also, that's a cool idea. Write a letter. Yes. Just in general, like, bye, I love you. Like, remember this? This was awesome. You kick ass. Yeah. If there's a way to do all of the above, that's great. You can do both. It's not one or the other. (laughs) Yes. Melissa says... I realized after this week's episode that nothing was mentioned about advanced planning for pets in case you die. We remember to plan ahead for who will take care of our human kids if we have them, but it seems common for fur kids to be inadvertently overlooked. It's a good idea to have a plan. Who will take them? How will they be paid for if that person doesn't have the money? All that stuff to help prevent them ending up in a shelter or in a not ideal home. So true. Yes. I uh, We're leaving Frank to my mother right now. Oh. Because even though it's far away, he'll be so spoiled. Yes. And he loves her. Yeah. They it's, love each it's other. It's his Jima. Yeah. They love each other. So, oh, that's really sweet. Um, also, speaking of pets, we love this letter from Laura. Laura says, For years, my boyfriend and I have been contemplating getting a pet. He is allergic to cats, and I had global footprint concerns and was afraid we had to make too many lifestyle adjustments for us to have a dog. So we never followed through. Then I heard Jolenta say in the Art of Dying Well episode that she would want a dog around on her deathbed. I thought, yes, me too. 
And then I thought, shit, if I want a dog on my deathbed, surely it makes more sense to have one I can enjoy while I'm living. So this weekend, we picked a stray for adoption. We're going to try and raise her environmentally friendly, sustainably sourced pet food and all, and we're going to make it work. We are so excited. Oh my gosh, I love this. Congrats, Laura. Laura posted a picture of the puppy on the Facebook group. So cute. It is so damn cute. I want to eat it up. I want to smell its puppy breath. I want its little needle puppy teeth to gnaw on my finger while it's teething. I want it all. I want to clean up its runny puppy poo. I love it. I love it. I want to feel its little puppy belly. And it's really getting at the heart of what so much of this book is, that knowing what we want when we die really can help us to understand more about what we want while we are alive. It's like what matters to you in life is what matters to you on your deathbed. And often in delving into those priorities, you're like, oh, shit, I don't do this enough. And I apparently think it's so important. I want it there when I die. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love love it it so much. I'm so happy. Yes. That I could inspire any dog to be adopted. Yes. Congratulations, Laura and family. Jolenta, before we take a break, I want to read one more email targeted at you. This is from Natalie. She says, Jolenta, why are you so down on hiring a travel agent? Travel agents are awesome. Do I hire one every time I need a plane ticket? No, I don't. Do I hire one when I don't want to spend hours researching a trip, things to do and see, where to stay, etc.? Absolutely. If you haven't tried a travel agent, you're seriously missing out. Also, it only costs about $20 to hire a travel agent to book a plane ticket, and that usually more than pays for itself in time saved and deals travel agents always find that you might not be able to find yourself. Most of the other services travel agents offer are free. Seriously, all caps, free. Why would I spend 8 to 12 hours of my precious time researching a vacation when I can just tell my travel agent what I like, what I don't, what my budget is, and then go about my life while they book the perfect trip arranging for airport transfers, awesome places to visit, fun activities to do, and transportation to and from everything for me. It's the best way to have a truly amazing and relaxing vacation for real Give it a try. Natalie. Wow. Natalie. I'm fucking sold. You know what, Natalie? <laughs> You're really getting to the heart of my issues because you know why deep down I'm hard on travel agents? Because I'm fucking jealous. I'm jealous. I don't think I'm worth paying someone to book a trip for me because I don't travel anywhere important and I don't do cool things and I feel like I don't deserve it. But that's a wrong feeling, and feelings aren't reality sometimes, which I've learned from my therapist. Um, So I'm probably just jealous of people who use travel agents, and I'm lashing out. And it sounds like they do amazing things, and I want them to do the things I hate doing for myself. So I will consider it. Yeah, and if your mom loves using travel agents, let her enjoy it. I personally— she's on fire. She's going to Minnesota soon. She's all over the world with this travel agent. Like, it's amazing. It's great. I don't personally dislike travel agents, but I love planning trips so much. And I feel the travel agents take away a little bit I of my joy by doing that. planning trips. As you know, when we met, that was the bulk of my job. <laughs> was just yes. making itineraries for people who wouldn't read them and then call me and be like, I'm in a car. What hotel am I driving to? And I'm like, well, if you're in the rental car, where'd you find that fucking information? Yes. Anyway. <laughs> so many personal issues tried to travel agents with me. And uh, Natalie, thanks for forcing me to look in the mirror. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to hear about the legacies you out there want to leave behind, and of course, we'll announce next week's book. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com/music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. The most exciting part of a vacation stay at a home rental? Easy. It's being greeted upon arrival with a rusted lockbox affixed to the underside of a stranger's condo. Yeah, you simply twist knobs, click gears, jiggle it, and then rip it off its moorings, and voila! Your prize is a key to a questionable home rental and maybe tetanus. When you just want to get your vacation started by actually getting into your room, it matters where you stay. At Hilton, we deliver your key right to your phone on the Hilton Honors app. Hilton for the stay. All right, we're back, and we're talking about the art of dying well and your listener responses. And in this case, listener responses about the legacies you all want to leave behind after you pass. Hey, Christian and Jalenta. My name is Sigrid. I am calling from Seattle, and I was really struck by how Christian wanted her legacy to be kindness, and that kindness would then sort of propagate from what she has done to other people and on and on and kind of build and continue forever. And I just wanted to state that even though I have never met the two of you, Kristen's kindness has already affected me and helped me be a kinder person. So your legacy is doing great. Bye. Oh, yay. That's so nice. That is really nice. I mean, I just know that I'm very fortunate to have benefited from other people's kindness and Mm -hmm. The very least I can do is pass it along. Plus, very selfishly speaking, I just feel awesome when I'm nice. Yeah. It makes me so happy to be She's nice. She's on such a fucking nice high horse. Yeah. <laughs> makes me so happy. That horse is so fun. It goes oh, over it's bushes. It's the nicest damn horse. It's running on the beach. <laughs> Sometimes the horse kind of wades into a river and then And we... it's like, you won't get wet. I'm a horse. I'm so tall. I got you. Love it. I love that horse. It's a very happy horse. It very, is, very happy. I love that. It's nice and I feel like it gets overlooked. I feel like people think, legacy in their life. The presidency, winning this medal. I need like, a building named after me. these things, like changing history in this way, where it's like, what if you're just like the fucking most amazing, nice person? I love it. Yeah. Maybe you can just help somebody to love themselves a little bit more. Maybe that's like the best legacy in the whole yeah, world. Yeah, that's a sick-ass legacy. Yeah. Doro says, speaking of legacies, my grandma passed away last September and it would take too long to sum up all of her great qualities here. But I just want to say that she was so proud of me and made me feel empowered to do just about anything and everything. Needless to say, I miss her a lot, but I hope that I can carry this legacy of empowerment in my heart for years to come. And I really hope that I can pass on a legacy like this when I die. So beautiful. But notice all these legacies are because someone was impacted by someone else who passed and their kindness. And it's like, remember, when you're gone, who knows if Doro's grandma had a billion buildings named after her. Like, that didn't stick. The empowerment did. The way, like, she spread kindness stuck. Yeah. And let's get a little meta here. There are tens of thousands of people listening to this show right now that know about grandma's heart, Doro. Because 
you wrote in. So grandma's legacy is still living on just in this little few minutes in this episode. Oh, is this why you make by the book? Just to shout out your Nana? Oh, my God. It's a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. I didn't think about this. Who should I be shouting out? You're doing it all the time. You're always shouting love, Jolenta. You're always doing it. Stop it. You're always doing it. All right. Shauna says... I have donated my remains to the local teaching hospital. My hope is to do some good after I am not using this body anymore. That is a good legacy because your body can still be of use to somebody else. You could teach someone all about saving more lives with your dead body you're not using anymore. Your body parts could help save someone's life. It's amazing. Huge thanks to everyone who wrote in this week with their legacy stories, with their suggestions of how to make the most of what time we have here, how to make life more comfortable for those whose lives are coming to an end. We really, really appreciate it. And reminder, you can always join us, join all the conversations that are happening on the Facebook community by logging on to facebook.com slash groups slash BTB pod, or just use the link in the episode description. And now, Kristen. Yes. It is time. Yes. To announce. Yes. It's time to announce our next week's book. Our Our next next book is... Next Level Basic, the definitive basic bitch handbook by Stassi Schroeder. How many pumpkin spice lattes will we consume in two weeks? Will we be allowed to not get eyelash extensions? And if we're really going to the next level, won't we be the opposite of basic? Ooh, good questions. Listen next week to find out. And that's it for this mini-sode of By the Book. Huge thanks to our fabulous production team at Stitcher, Nora Ritchie and Casey Holford. Thanks also to Nate Wida, who composed our theme song, and to the Rizzos, who perform it. And another huge thanks to A. Lua Arthur. You can find A. Lua online at goingwithgrace.com or follow her on Instagram at going underscore with underscore grace. Reminder, we also have a season of the show called By the Book, Authors Tell All, which is on Stitcher Premium, and it features us interviewing authors of books we've lived by, other prominent self-help authors, and them answering a lot of your questions. So check that out. If you would like to use a promo code, you can use the code BOOK for a free month of Stitcher Premium. Please stay in touch. Let us know if you've read The Art of Dying Well. Also, send us any questions or suggestions for future books for us to live by. You can send all those things to kristenangelenta at gmail.com. You can tweet those things to at bythebookpod, at kristenmeinzer, and at Jolenta G. Or you can leave us a voicemail if you would like. Our number is 302-49-BOOKS. That is 302-492-6657. And, of course, please rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Give us five stars. Tell us how awesome we are and how we change your life and make you laugh. Or just negate all the people who give us one star and are like, their voices suck. I didn't like the first season's version of the theme song, One Star. <laughs> just do just help us balance that out. Because people <laughs> who hate us have a lot easier time reviewing us. <laughs> anyway. Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. I'm Jalenta Greenberg. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Oh, I got a burp. Excuse me. Stitcher. 
Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel.